Hello again and welcome to I've Got a Beatles Podcast with Dave and Chris, and we are uh, going to do kind of an interesting show, I think, because uh, we've talked about some of the Beatles children, uh, we did a whole episode on their music uh, way, way back, and then we did a whole episode on Sean Lennon's, one of his more recent projects, The Ghosts of the Sabertooth Tiger, uh, but if you've seen, looked at Rolling Stone or any music news in the past year or two, or seen Sean in concert, you know he's uh, been recording with somebody else, Les Claypool, and has been making quite a run of it with a couple recent albums. So Chris is going to be uh, kind of leading our sampling and discussion of the Claypool Lennon Delirium today. Apologies right off the bat, I made a bit of a delirium myself. <laughs> Got a little kind cold. Of, uh, yeah, kind of fighting off cold, so... How about some uh, <laughs> funky, heavy bass riffs? Uh, is that, that a good way to get you out of your uh, sick Ooh. funk? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it, it has to be, I think. Yeah. It has to be. Claypool, Lennon, Delirium, on tour now, and they've got some uh, big shows. They're playing at Desert Days. Do you have your Desert Days <laughs> tickets for October 10th through 13th, Dave? I do not. Where is that? I'm guessing uh, somewhere in Arizona or... Uh, Somewhere out west, I'm guessing, with desert days. It's in Paris, California. Oh, okay. P-E-R-R-I-S, California. So, desert days. And uh, then uh, January, uh, for five days, January 7th through 11th, 2020, at Jam Cruise, Mm. Miami, Florida. Ooh. So, you can really jam with... uh, with the uh, Claypool Linen Delirium. Yeah. Uh, Of course, how did these two come together is the the big question, because you know what this reminds me of? I was thinking about, this is going to be, spoiler alert, right off the bat. (laughs) There was a band back in 1993, and it was somebody I liked (laughs) and somebody I did not like. Mm. They came together. Coverdale Page. You remember Coverdale Page? Oh, yes, Page? absolutely. That was a big deal when that, when Jimmy Page was out there. <laughs> yeah. So it's Jimmy Page, who I respected, thought great of, yeah. uh, great guitarist, and David Coverdale, <laughs> lead singer of Whitesnake, a band oh, I yeah. just really did not like. Yeah. Um, and they were probably to win together, n- not the worst. They had that song, Shake My Tree, and mm-hmm. Pride and Joy. This is a similar project. I uh, historically do not like Primus. Mm-hmm. Primus is sort of a funk metal, prog rock, weird band. Yeah. Led by uh, Les Claypool, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's got other members. They've been around since the 80s. Were you a big Primus guy, Dan? <laughs> you, got, you got the whole catalog uh, on vinyl? Uh, no, I do not. Uh... This yeah, this is kind of an interesting discussion because I I know Sean Lennon's work from being obviously Beatle related and yeah. getting it through the years, but I I know almost nothing about Primus. And so uh when we discussed doing this episode, I did listen to a couple of whatever the most popular songs were on Spotify just to kind of get a sense of what the music was like and uh yeah, funk metal is a pretty good description, very bass heavy because he's quite a flashy 
very virtuosic bass player and that that and that's something that makes like where we'll talk about all the Claypool Lennon stuff but to me it's it is really kind of a mixture of their two styles because you hear a lot of the Sean stuff but then you constantly have this bass that's cranked in the mix through all of these songs yes yeah which may be one of the (laughs) one of the problems in a way so yeah yeah (laughs) yeah well so anyway depending on how you feel about Primus and Les Claypool and I don't know Les Claypool at all (laughs) and I never really listened to that much Primus so I'm just kind of basing it off of how he sounds in this group yeah Anyway, so but Primus was touring and, and back in 2015, and the aforementioned Ghost of a Saber Tooth Tiger was opening for them. Mm-hmm. So they, and I guess they, you know, obviously became friends, and then uh, was like, "Hey, let's do this other group." Um, in a and and what spurred us to do this episode was there's a recent really great interview with Sean Lennon on WTF with Mark Marin. Mm-hmm. Uh, great podcast. Uh, uh, I'd, I'd suggest uh, digging through and listening to listen to some. Don't let, try not to yeah. listen to every single episode. You'll, you don't have time. No, and he, he <laughs> kind of became famous. I remember when he interviewed Barack Obama because he was he he records in his garage, and that was yes. kind of a a big deal. And in the in lots of video of of President Obama walking into the garage and being interviewed in there. Yeah. And so Chris turned me on to this interview, and uh, it's excellent. I would highly recommend listening to it because he uh, Mark Mark Marin is, is a a fan, obviously of. Sean and the Beatles and he talks about his love of of classic rock and stuff but I think he gets a lot deeper into Sean's philosophies and thoughts about life and kind of the bigger picture things that you often get omitted when you're in a quick interview with somebody famous and yeah yeah so and I you learned a I learned a lot certainly about Sean for sure one of the one of the big things not related to the band was uh he was talking about how sometimes when someone comes up and is so effusively like you don't understand yeah. how much <laughs> uh your father meant to me he's mm-hmm. like yeah i do he was my dad you don't <laughs> you don't understand how it's almost like they're they're taking away focus from his, yes. his personal relationship with Exactly. His father, which I, I never really thought about, but um, yeah. um, certainly the case. Two things relating to the group, though. One was right at the beginning, he was talking, like, as the interview started, they were talking about Sean not feeling like he was that great of a guitarist yes. up until recently. Yeah. And is like uh, an, a, a boy. And we'll definitely. Going out of the episode, you'll hear him uh, playing some great solos mm-hmm. uh, on this most recent album, South of Reality album. Uh, uh, so I think, yeah, that that uh, sort of struck me. I was like, oh, he he doesn't think he's that good of a guitarist. I think no. he's really good on this album. He said that uh, Les Claypool told him, oh, you should play more 
play more guitar on this album or you should you play more and, and he kept saying no like you you've just mentioned he's like no I just you know I'm not like Les who sits down and just rocks things out and I don't practice like somebody you think of and I'm just kind of a, a raw guitar player but yeah it's really noticeable on this album the most recent one you hear it a lot and he sounds good yeah, yeah. and the other thing he was talking about is he he sort of mentioned the project as if it's like in his songwriting process as if it was very freeing mm-hmm. because it's quote not that serious mm-hmm. you know so that he can write he said i can write weirder more idiosyncratic stuff for this and just kind of feel free to do so yeah and that's definitely the case throughout all these songs <laughs> they're they're w- weird songs yes with weird subjects and i think actually that's one of the i made a little list here of positives <laughs> okay and negatives oh, oh very good very good so i thought we'd go through these yeah so that's one of the uh, lennon feeling freer to write these songs and make them a little more interesting i do like the subject matters being mm-hmm. stranger we'll get into spe- more yeah, specifics definitely. when we talk about uh some of the tunes I do like some of the insane song titles. <laughs> like our first one, for example, that we heard at the opening of the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Cricket and the Genie, and in parentheses, Movement 1, The Delirium. And, of course, there's a Movement 2, Oratario de Cricket. <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah, that's a, a big feature of these albums, and certainly the most recent one. The songs are very long, and it's it's they're very long because they have multi parts. So a lot of them are in they'll they'll go off for three minutes in one style, and then it just suddenly switches to something else. Yeah. Uh, so well, like all over the place. Yeah, and it's some at first it seems all over the place, and then when I was really thinking about it, I'm like, there's no straightforward rock songs here. No, they're no. all more complex. They're no. all more, like way more interesting. It's like, okay, I, I'm I'm into it. I'm yeah. into I'm into that you guys are giving us some uh, more more complicated more uh, songs with some more depth. Yeah. Also, more interesting lyrics, subjects of songs. Uh, None of these are dumb love songs. Not at all. No. Not at all. They're about all kinds of the Oxycontin and, and, <laughs> and you know our, the monkeys. president and monkeys and <laughs> yeah. So we're we're all over the place. So that's that's cool. Yeah. Uh, the great guitar solos from Lennon when we get them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I like all the keyboards and and yeah. And most of the most of the other instrumentation I think is done really well. Yeah, I would describe. So kind of generally speaking, uh, you, you, and you can see this actually in the, there's a couple of videos of the, of them performing for a radio station and, uh, it's very dense songs, very like lots of layers and lots of instrumentation, huge amount of electronics. And in this video, Les Claypool's, uh, pedal board is like immense. I mean, he's got (laughs) like 50 pedals and it's like enormous electronical, electronic stuff. And same with Sean. So very interested in the, in the electronics and sound and timbre. And, uh, yeah. yeah, so it's, it, there's, I've, one of my cons, if you will, I guess, would be that a lot of times the vocals are muddy, very buried in the texture because there's so yeah. much stuff going on. So, uh, particularly the, fir- the first of the Lennon songs on South of Reality, which is a good song, but, mm-hmm. uh, 
you have to pull up the lyric sheet. You yeah, can't really you can't. hear what he's saying. No, no. Um, yeah, that's definitely a con. A, a second con, yeah, there's way too much going on sometimes. <laughs> and and they definitely the mix is, yeah. is off yeah. sometimes for me. It's like way too much. Uh, and, of course, I feel like they feel, oh, we less Claypool's here. Oh, uh, yeah. oh, we gotta have the bass. We gotta have his yeah. signature bass sound, which I don't like his bass tone. Mm. It's it's t- it's very sort of tinny to my Cutting. ear. Yeah, yeah, like that. You know, mm-hmm. I'd I'd like a, a mix up of tones sometimes from him, <laughs> especially with and, that enormous pedal board. You could do a lot of stuff with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Throw something funky on there, buddy. Yeah, yeah. And and just put it a little down in the mix sometimes. It's just like we don't need it in our face all the time. No. I mean, we know that he's <laughs> he's on the track. We, we know he yeah. wrote half the tunes. And uh, something I didn't know about him, and uh, but he's, in his interviews at least, he's kind of, he puts on a persona of being a little bit wacky and kind of a nutcase uh, and mm-hmm. kind of, just making pun, random puns and, and just jokiness. Uh, he reminds me of a little bit of Frank Zappa or kind of their music sounds or his, his tunes sound a little Zappa esque. They're just kind of way over the top, kind of don't make sense. They're just goofy sometimes. Is that kind of the impression you get of him as well? Or I guess so. Yeah. Uh, I, I, he's an acquired taste. Okay. That's a good way to put it. You know, he's and I think some people have acquired that taste, but and his vocals are definitely a acquired taste. Yeah, different, very different his voice. And mm-hmm. I haven't acquired that taste. <laughs> no, you know, I, I, his vocals to me are not great. Mary, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's very strange. He's gonna sing like this, uh, you know, yeah. like that. And so I'm not, I'm not too into, you know. I kind of feel similarly that, um, you know, influentially, you know, Frank Zappa probably is a big influence and, and, uh, the whole prog rock thing as a general thing, I'm not that into because a lot of times it's just, it seems like it's being, intentionally weird yeah yeah and and be like uh it's almost like and then nothing against dungeons and dragons (laughs) but it's just not my i don't play dungeons and dragons i'm not that kind of uh Mm. i'm not into that people who are into that and like might want to wear capes or whatever (laughs) and pretend to be mystics that that whole kind of thing is sort of like in the wheelhouse for Primus. Yeah. Okay. I, oh, that I makes feel sense. If that makes sense. Yeah. So I just was never into it. So I'm I'm sort of coming into it kind of like fresh and just judging it from what I hear. And I'm I'm just a little put off in these albums by a lot of the less Claypool mm. stuff. I just like the songs less. Yeah. If and that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And Sean, in that this interview with the New York DJ that was on, it's also on YouTube. Uh, Sean said that 
less turned him on to all of this prog rock and the kind of scientific futuristic sci-fi stuff so listening to emerson lake and palmer and yes and groups like that uh, king, uh, king crimson he talks a lot king about crimson, king crimson yeah. yeah and how that just blew him away and then a couple other groups i'd never heard of and uh, i mean i've never really been into that music either or rush they were talking about rush and it just doesn't do much for me but uh that's why in a way i thought it would be this, this could be interesting because i like a lot of sean's material but yeah yeah me so too. then to see how it fits together with this other influence uh it's yeah kind of mixed results but there are some good good and other yeah i like tend to like the sean songs more i would say yeah, so I think we're both in the same place. Maybe the one of you listeners is not in that place. And, yeah. And is it is it? And I certainly don't want to insult anyone who's into prog rock. I just have never been into no. it, so I'm not as <laughs> you know. I, I I it's sort of like uh, there are other genres out there that like acid jazz or something. I've never yeah. listened to acid jazz. So if I, if I needed to get into acid jazz, it's sort of like noon to my ear. Yeah. Maybe that's just it. Maybe that's why I don't like Les Claypool. Maybe that's why I haven't really dug into this catalog up until now. Mm-hmm. And sure. we were hesitant to even get into it. Oh yeah. Because, because I think because it seemed a little daunting you know, yeah, because it's sort of like this is weirder stuff. Ghost of a Saber Tooth Tiger is a little weird too. It's a little more straight up out of psychedelia, mm-hmm. and now now we're merging that psychedelia into. It does seem like a a transition that to to go from psychedelia to this. Yeah, it doesn't seem like completely out of the blue. No, no, yeah. Uh, you you mentioned other prog rock. Uh, you're, do you consider ELO to be a prog band? I mean, they're often lumped into that. I, category. You know, I don't think they are though, because yeah. I I find that I guess they would. They have some elements of. I I uh, they're definitely like in the first album of the Claypool Lennon Delirium, which we'll dig into here in a minute. Yeah. Uh, called Monolith of Phobos. <laughs> okay. Um, it starts and ends with instrumental pieces. Both of them pretty good, actually. Pretty uh, opener and closer. That's a that's a common ELO thing. You'll get a like a long <laughs> intro piece, like sweet. And then you'll get into that first song. So that happens here. So there's some similarities, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure if they're prog rock, though. Maybe yeah. some people consider them prog rock, but I I don't know that I do. Not in the same way as uh, King Crimson or Yes or any groups like that. Yeah, because most ELO songs are just kind of straightforward yeah. rock songs with some symphony on it. Right. And with about four, <laughs> we need more, more orchestras. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> K- Charlie, could you... <laughs> Could you bring in a a third uh, 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 trombone for this just for this section? You know, we gotta have you gotta have that uh, brassy brassy punch on the on the. You know, could you uh un get uh where's the opera singer? Is she coming in? Yeah. Well, oh look, oh look, Les Claypool's here. Yeah. Oh, I said all a frog. You know so. 
debuting yeah. new impersonation of Les Cool Claypool. That's excellent. I know. I have super, to do super weird. <laughs> super weird. Les Claypool. <laughs> uh, so after we said all that, we're gonna we're gonna talk about their catalog here. Mm-hmm. And since this is a Beatles podcast, and since we've said what we needed to say about <laughs> Les Claypool, you'll hear some Les Claypool on these songs. Don't worry. But we're gonna focus on the written by Sean Lennon uh, parts of the catalog. They they seem to operate straight up just like the same way all the time. Yeah. Which is they they get together and they kind of come up with some music, the two of them, and then they go separately. Lennon takes a a couple songs, Claypool takes a couple songs, and they figure out the lyrics to those. Uh, Claypool will write his songs, Lennon will write his songs, then they come back together. Apparently, they've done that for both al- both of their full length albums. So, and it's a clear, it's much like Lennon McCartney, yeah. a clear yeah. uh, uh, division oh, of duties. A, that's yeah. a McCartney song. That's a Lennon song. Right. It's a, that's a Claypool. That's a that's a yeah. It's pretty clear. Uh, yeah, pretty clear. They also just have some instrumental tunes in here, so that's that's we and we won't play those. It's no. it's just more interesting to kind of take a, a, a close look at the at the Sean Lennon ones for me. So yeah, so you want to begin with the first album uh, you mentioned already, Monolith of what was it? Fo- Phobos. Phobos. Okay, <laughs> I think, and uh, that was it. Starts with that instrumental, and then it goes into the song we opened the uh, show with. Cricket and the Genie Movement won the Delirium. What what's your thoughts on that? Well, I wrote down that I thought it's a it's very riff heavy. And it's a great riff, which I'm assuming is a Claypool riff, and uh, a lot of electronics, lots of synths. I felt like this song is very much like Sean's album Under the Sun. It sound I wrote that it sounds like him, but it just has the bass really cranked up. So it is very much uh, a Sean type tune with a lot of electronics and layers, but uh, it just has that extra bass in it. But it's good. I like the riff. It's a very catchy, funky riff. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, it's a pretty cool tune, and the lyrics are, you know, a cricket and a genie talking to each <laughs> other and talking about prescription drugs. And, <laughs> as they do. Yeah, as they do. <laughs> so. Yeah. I would say there's a like a hint on... Not all the songs, but a hint on this first album, at least, of some terrible things are, are yeah, afoot. It's very ominous. Yeah. Very ominous kind of feeling. And th- even in this one, like, it, they're talking about prescription drugs, and at the end of the, right before they go into the uh, second movement, <laughs> <laughs> which is uh, uh, instrumental mostly. He gets a gun, ooh, so it's like, ooh. whoa, no. So, uh, but pretty good musically, yeah. really great. Then comes Mister Wright. That's a that's a, a Claypool one. I did want to mention that one though, because that one got a lot of play when they first came out, and it's uh, <laughs> some creepy guy. <laughs> He's creeping, 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 creeping. Is sort of <laughs> creeping through the night mm-hmm. uh, about a, I think, a peeping tom. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah of the claypool songs that's one of the better ones i i, I feel like uh and then uh let's hear the next tune this is a linen pinned 
tune called Boomerang Baby. Starts like your typical classic Sean Lennon tune. Yeah, very much so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, I love it. Yeah. Uh, and then it, you know, it gets weird. Yeah. <laughs> and then goes into a pretty good guitar solo, but uh, later. But like you said, it, it never like these songs aren't boring. No, no, no. Uh, this one I think is really helped by. Uh, a lot of meter changes so it's like oh you can never really just kind of settle in it's very unsettled probably like the subject matter on this whole album but just kind of kind of offbeat kinds of things going on yeah Uh, and then a lot of bass i said uh this reminds me a lot of and a, a bunch of the songs remind me a lot of pink floyd and king crimson the that middle section the cool is kind of a cool instrumental thing that sounds a lot like zappa to me with all sorts of sounds and guitars and yeah so like there's a couple of good uh prog rock slash psychedelic groups already that you can feel a lot on these albums on a few of these tunes i'm just a little behind the ball on the lyrical analysis too yeah well, it's not so hard. really. You can't really exactly sure what's going on. Well, yeah, you can barely hear what he's he's yeah. saying. So it, when you pull up the lyrics, then it's like uh, focusing on a uh, a girl, and it says uh, it doesn't matter what she does. Her phone enhances conversation. Just set the GPS to take her to a desirable location, <laughs> unless it's pictures of a prick she doesn't care for politics. Ah, okay, okay. Yet she admires all the tricks that qualify a narcissist so it's sort of just like mm. scene painting a, a a woman and and 
uh, is probably like uh, the the most straightforward, the least weird. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> straightforward. The yeah, there's another one that you wanted to discuss that has a very strange title. Oh old, yeah, the, old America. Uh, old America. Yeah. Uh, just a quick hit on the on the two in between. Just uh, I I just want to brush on the Claypool mm-hmm. tunes. Breath of a Salesman, I think, is actually not a bad song. I kind of like that one. Captain Lariat, though, is like... <laughs> there are a few of these tunes I'm just like, I hate this song. I just don't <laughs> like it. You know, Captain Lariat's definitely one of them. It's just too weird. Yeah. America has like a really long intro. A super duper long intro and then they finally get to it, you know. Uh what what do you think of that one? This it's uh, well so it's in 3/4 so triple meter a little bit different feel to it mm-hmm. going. Again, I, I had a hard time hearing the lyrics. I couldn't really there there was I think one maybe the first lyric was kind of cutting. I don't remember. Do you have the lyrics uh, handy? Yeah, it's, it's sort of America, America, America as the refrain. Yeah. And then, we know when you're sleeping, when you're awake, but if you've been good, you need not be afraid. It's best not to question the things you're told because we've got everything under control. Hmm. Under control. Okay. So, yeah. it's sort of sort of Speaking of the state of America at the time, yeah, I guess. I could see that. To me, the most interesting part is the weird chanting section in the middle. So it kind of, again, takes a detour into a totally different feel. And there's this, ooh, oh, ooh, kind of like primeval chanting section that's going yeah. on. So not sure what that's all about. but Yeah, it's the, it's the least of the Lennons on this yeah. album, if you ask me. Yeah. The next uh, tune, OxyContin Girls, pretty, pretty. <laughs> Great I actually title. Kinda, yeah. I, I like that one. I like the idea of it, and uh, pretty good. And then we have a, a really interesting song, a particularly interesting subject matter, a song about Michael Jackson's monkey called <laughs> Bubbles Burst. <laughs> Oh, 
Yeah, I never thought you'd find a song about uh, Michael Jackson's monkey, but here it is, <laughs> off to Neverland, where he met the impish man. Uh, yeah. Like no other, I like this one, uh, like no other chimpanzee transported to a planet made of toys, bananas, and games. So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, uh, there was a Rolling Stone article. Now, I think this was before the most recent. Yeah, this was back in 2016 in June about this song. And he said, I'm not trying to take Jackson out. I'm just trying to have fun and talk about an odd situation. <laughs> and, but then he says, like later in the article, I just thought it was an interesting metaphor for what happened to a lot of Michael's friends who were my age. Mm. I felt like there was something odd going on, and I still don't know what it was. Hmm. Nothing ever happened with me in a legal way, but the whole place just felt like some insane Peter Pan fantasy land. And there was a sense when uh, Bubbles got too old, he'd be gotten rid of because chimpanzee turned into angry adults or dangerous adults. Ooh. So that's from a Rolling Stone article, uh, Danny Kreps. I guess that was before the uh, HBO movie about him, about Michael yeah, Jackson. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And uh, so now a lot of us who've seen at least part of that is mm-hmm. like, Ugh. yeah, Ugh. yeah, well, yeah. not good. But um, um, yeah, uh, interesting subject matter, and uh, I think this is a good example of him feeling free to like, ooh, let's dig into weird stuff yeah. that's happened. And I didn't can think about it until uh he w- i really i didn't think about it when i first heard this album i sort of didn't really listen that deep and then in that interview he was saying and i was like oh yeah he would have been yes famous enough to just be like yeah hey, come by michael jackson's place of you course know? yeah with yoko <laughs> and yeah definitely yeah right at that so, time wow yeah so pretty uh Pretty crazy stuff there, yeah. but I like that tune. I think it's cool. Mm-hmm. Got got a good atmosphere to it. Yeah, very and then trippy. it goes into the, the album closes with uh, another instrumental. There's no underwear in space, <laughs> which true. Yeah, I, that's I true. <laughs> uh, so monolith of Phobos as a whole. What do you think, Dave? Uh, I don't know. I haven't listened to the like I, of the Sean tunes. I think they're pretty good. I think they're uh, yeah. yeah. I like I like the colors and the timbres and sounds and then kind of the weirdness of it is somewhat refreshing uh it's because it's yeah not at all typical so uh i I tend to i think hearing these songs and comparing them to the other album i think i like the other the newer one better but uh i think but yeah not not a bad start not a bad start and and uh, you know i'm not gonna rank these albums no. because we oh, i think to do that we were would really have to not give us short shrift as we're giving <laughs> to uh the claypool yeah. stuff yeah. um there uh it was actually followed up by an ep um called lime and limpid green which oh, uh, any yes. any good uh early pink floyd fan will yep. recognize that lyric as being uh, part of the song astronomy domini which is covered uh boyer uh, could you find a better less claypool cover than <laughs> boris the spider oh perfect john Entwistle <laughs> and the who yeah <laughs> yeah uh and then court of the crimson king which mm-hmm. we mentioned earlier uh they cover that pretty pretty good actually their version and then satori from the flower traveling man i have no idea what no, that is no but not not a bad listen i've given that one a, a, a spin or two it's not not too bad probably that's a good entry point if you want to get your uh feet wet uh, yeah. start there 
And their newest album, which was released in February, we had thought about doing a full album episode, and then we were like, no, this is probably better because we didn't cover the uh, the first album, so it's, we're kind of killing two birds with one stone here, called South of Reality. It starts with a tune, Little Fishes. It's a Claypool song, and it's probably my least favorite. <laughs> I don't like it either, and there's a I don't video, like it too, all. that's all I don't like. It's, it's yeah. not good. No, and, no. Nor there's another song later which I really do not like <laughs> at all. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, so hard to hard to hard to spin yeah. that one positively. Yeah, I don't but, like it at all. No. Um, but let's let's hear what I think is a good song, but really really suffers <laughs> from what you were talking about, the vocals being buried. And that is Blood and Rockets. <laughs> here we go, multi-movement again. Here. <laughs> For some reason, they didn't separate the movements on this yeah. one. Uh, uh, movement 1, Saga of Jack Parsons. Movement 2, Who the Moon. Mm. Uh, which is spelled T-O-O, so yes. too much of the moon, I guess. Maybe. <laughs> Driving Jack Parsons crazy, who knows. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here's Blood and Rockets. Let's Let's give it a good listen here. Dave. Yes. So this is 
also one of the ones you can watch on YouTube. You can watch a live performance of there. It's it's Sean and Les, and then there's a couple. There's a drummer and a keyboardist, and there might have been another another player, but I think it's just those two other guys. And uh, uh, they tell the story, which I think you're going to get into a little bit about who Jack Parsons was, and. It's. It, I thought the the song is very catchy and very Sean like, and uh, psychedelic. Yeah, I really I, like it. I, I do really too. like it. I think it's good. I feel like on this album more than the other one, you're getting a lot more psychedelic influences and very like like he's been listening to Strawberry Fields forever a hundred times and like very much that kind of trippy sound. But good melody, good chord progression, and the electronics are are well placed again the vocals are too low so hard yeah to, hard to make it out but you yeah he you tells the story about jack parsons so who was jack parsons he, if you actually pull up the lyrics for this one then you'll be able to be, be like enjoy the song a lot more i believe yeah. because it it is this there's a lot of lyrics in the first section of the tune and he's talking about JP Laboratories and mm-hmm. uh, uh, getting into specifics about Jet Parsons, who's this crazy character, yeah. uh, the rocket scientist, a real rocket scientist, not yeah, just like a, a genuine <laughs> a rocket scientist. That actually, if 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 it wasn't for Jack Parsons, we probably wouldn't have the space shuttle. Yeah, gone to the moon and gone yeah, yeah. everywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, and he lived back in the born in 1914, uh, died in 1952. You know, you don't think of a rocket scientist also being uh, mixed up with the occult. No. <laughs> and sex uh, sorts of things, too. Yeah. yeah. All kinds of... So just please do yourself a favor and pull yeah. up the Wikipedia uh, page of Jack Parsons. Yeah, it's fascinating. And, and grab your popcorn. <laughs> I'm like, how has this guy not been made into a, a movie? Yeah. yeah. You know, with the... Uh, it's just such a fascinating story, mm-hmm. you know. And they become involved with L. Ron Hubbard gets in the mix too. Yeah, and, that's right. Uh, uh, so very, uh, very uh, unique, weird uh, uh, stuff. So mm-hmm. pretty effective. Sometimes it's those really oddball stories or oddball situations that make you write something different and and uh, intriguing. And I think that yeah. this is definitely that kind of thing. And you'll. You'll hear yes. in the video, you'll see uh, Les singing background vocals and uh, really funking it up on the bass, doing all yeah. sorts of stuff. Now that I'm remembering this, I'm remembering there was a Drunk History. on. Have you ever watched Drunk History, I've heard Dave? of it. I've never watched it, no. Drunk History is a funny show where, like, say I was on Drunk History, they I'd get real drunk first. <laughs> And then I'd try to tell you a story I know about history, oh. <laughs> like the guys who tried to steal Lincoln's body. Uh, oh, would yeah. Because yeah. my, my, that's the one I like to tell everybody. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, ja- and it, the title of it is Jack Parsons Loved His Sex Magic. Mm. Mm. <laughs> so <laughs> there you go. that tells you how weird it is. So yeah. anyway, yeah, but I like the song a lot. I think it's good. And the refrain, which you can hear, the how high yeah. does your rocket fly. Yeah, that's great. Um, it's really great. And, yeah. and then it goes into uh, sort of like, do what thy will, do what thy will, do what thy will. That's the to the moon mm-hmm, part. Mm-hmm. I yeah. like it. 
a lot. So then that's followed up by South of Reality. It's another Claypool. I like that one better than the other one. Mm. That one, once again, there's a lot of these tunes remind you of the early Pink Floyd. Uh, yes. Sid um, Barrett days. They, yeah, they had to both love Sid Barrett. Yes, Mike absolutely. Says, so. mm-hmm. And that that one has good driving, uh, descending bass runs. Mm. So do 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 do. So that, that's pretty good. Let's play Boriska. But what I want to do is is jump sort of into the middle of the tune, and let's capture sort of this thing where these songs that uh, originally start kind of normal. <laughs> yeah get really like complicated get off music. the rails yeah because i i feel like uh i i can't quite grasp if this is like a song going crazy or a song getting interesting mm. uh let's try to grapple with that so here's bariska sort of the middle of the tune So what do you think, Dave? So another one of these multi-part tunes, uh, clearly this one doesn't even segue into it. It just stops and then becomes <laughs> like, okay, we're going to a totally different thing. It starts out kind of like a coda, seems like kind of an ending, but then it, it t- kicks off with uh, some of the, the bass action. Uh, I said this one was very psychedelic, very Radiohead-like to me. I hear a lot of Radiohead influence. Uh, the first part, strangely enough, I think sounds like McCartney in his more experimental music uh, with the multi-parts and the background and uh, very m- kind of McCartney-like, uh, at least at the beginning. And then the part two we just heard sounds very different, very thick, dense vocals, kind of sounds like Queen or something, uh, and synths 
uh, going all over the place. So yeah, those synths, I can't quite place what they remind no, me of, but it's no. it's definitely prog rocky yes. kind of like uh, weirder sort of da, 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 maybe sticks sticks. Yeah, oh, that's a good maybe good, a little yeah. sticks. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, very mid to yeah. late seventies. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah, and then just a just an, another tune about a weird uh, yeah <laughs> dude sent from the red planet. <laughs> <laughs> I get it with Boris. you know your typical <laughs> talking about you know uh, to make interstellar fantasies what befell Atlantis. Yeah, you know. now one run of the bill. <laughs> I love you. You love me. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> now, something uh, something that may account for the crazy sci-fi aspect, not only just the prog rock, but in the, one of the interviews, he talks about how uh, Sean talks about how he bonded with Les Claypool's son, and they were talking about science and really into sci-fi. So uh, Les Claypool said, "Oh, Sean bonded with my son before he bonded with me." And so maybe that accounts for some of the weird kind of psychedelic sci-fi material and subjects you're hearing. So, yeah, yeah. but yeah, it, it works pretty well. Yeah. And that's followed up by easily charmed by fools, which is another, another pretty decent. I find that the, uh, less Claypool songs are a little simpler. Yeah. yeah. Lyrically, particularly, they sort of more repetitive mm-hmm. in a, in a, Sometimes displeasing way, but in in this case, in this case, I like it. I think that's a pretty good song. It's probably the most poppy or the most straightforward, accessible song uh, in a in a traditional way. Yeah, works pretty well. Maybe the hit they were thinking, like the Mister Right of this album, right? And then uh, Amethyst Realm, which we'll go out with. And the reason I wanted to go out with it is because it's just got the highlight is just an amazingly great lengthy guitar solo mm-hmm. towards the end of the tune. Yes. I, I feel like there was a little more, like, uh, as you s- said, uh, Claypool sort of was pu- pushing Lennon to do more guitar work on this yeah. album. And I, I I feel like it really comes through in that tune and in the eighth tune and maybe mm-hmm. even the final tune. So uh, what, what do you think of Amethyst Realm? This is like a real good mix of Radiohead, Pink Floyd, and I think of it reminds me of the Pink Floyd of the Animals era. So again, the same period, late seventies sound. Because that was about seventy-seven or seventy-eight. Uh, it gets faster and lots of guitar work and sounds great. I, in the video, I can't. I don't know what kind of guitar Sean is playing. So if anybody watches the YouTube videos of these tunes, uh, let us know what guitar it is but it's got all kinds of extra switches and things on it so it, it, it's got a great sound and he it's mixed well the vocals i think are really poorly mixed on this song i really can barely make them out so yeah. i don't know well it's about a ghost <laughs> maybe that's why it's whoever's a ghost. there i'm on to you when the mm. impossible happened her very first fantgasm Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's ghost love. It's ghost love. Okay, there you go. How could some apparition take my woman is a line in the chorus. So. Mm, all right. Yeah, pretty good. I, I like it a lot. I really yeah. love the ending of it. And it yeah. ends, the ending ending of it is really, you'll you'll get a, a kick out of the mm-hmm. very, because you'll hear some, for, you know, a little uh, something to look forward to for the Claypool fan out there. <laughs> so Amethyst Realm, pre- a thumbs up for that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, thumbs definitely. way down. 
<laughs> for Toadie's Man Hour. Toadie Man's Hour. I'm sorry, I, I insulted the song. Um, <laughs> Way down. Yeah, I really don't. I said, uh, my notes had said, easily charmed by fools, pretty good for a clay, clay pool. Mm-hmm. And then Toadie's Man, Toadie Man's Hour, I said, pretty bad for a clay pool. <laughs> yeah. Like, not even up to his standards. No. I, I don't. I don't like it at all. I do, however, like this next one, Cricket Chronicles Revisited. <laughs> Once again, a two-parter. We got part one, Ask Your Doctor, and part two, Side Effects, spelled <laughs> like psychedelic. P-S-Y, yeah. Yeah, so let's, let's hear Cricket Chronicles Revisited. <laughs> your doctor <laughs> i'll ask my doctor do you like the uh, are you a doctor dave uh i am a doctor not, not doctor. that kind of doctor <laughs> not that kind of doctor okay no. <laughs> <laughs> i'll ask my doctor though did, did you like this one yes yes <laughs> yeah this one uh pretty trippy isn't it a very uh does it sound prog rocky to you or more funky with that you know it- what it really, really reminded me of is some of these late career Robert Plant solo Ooh, tunes. Okay, I don't know that. He mi- he'll mix in sort of a flavor of a, sort of an exotic kind of sound. Yeah, yeah. That, that sort of riff they're going that ding, dwang, ding, dwang, ding. Yeah. It's sort of, uh, uh, I, I can't quite place. If it's Indian lick, or if it's I can't quite yeah. place it where in the where in the world it is, which is similar to Robert Plant stuff. It's like he he pulls together. He's got some African musicians mm-hmm. and some, some uh, Morocco, you know, yeah. a lot of Morocco type sounds. So I, I'm sort of lost as to I can't quite pinpoint it, but it, it reminds me of Robert Robert Plant hmm. solo stuff. 
This one, I think, yeah, I think maybe part of it is that it sounds to me like it's using the Phrygian mode, uh, using going from da da dum da da dee da dum. You saw a lot of half step from yeah scale, from the scale to well, okay, now I'm geeking out, but from the, that's all right. The second oh. note of the scale down to the first. Hey, a guy who's turning into a Beatles podcast to hear about the <laughs> uh, Claypool linen delirium. <laughs> It's probably geeking out too. That's true. That's true. So, <laughs> so let's go full geek. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it sounds like which in the that scale is very kind of known for Middle Eastern uh, or Asian type sounds. So da da dee da 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 da, and you can hear that a lot. Which reminded me of the song "Set the Controls for the Heart of the Sun," which also used by Pink Floyd, which uses the same sound. Of course, a very different feel. Yeah. Yeah, there's that same flat two. Yeah. Yeah, that's very similar. Very yeah. similar. So, but the, of course, the feel is totally different, and it's yeah. kind of sitar. Yeah, that's yeah. what that that sort of rhythmic sort of like repetitiveness. Yeah. A lot of these. And, and you know uh, the Robert Plant band changes every two two albums. So <laughs> right now it's the Sensational Space Shifters, Ooh. and then it'll be the you know Band of Joy or whatever. So. Yeah. Uh, but I like I, I side note I love Robert Plant. I like that he post Pink or uh, post post Led Zeppelin is just like continued to make albums that are like change, change from album to totally album. Totally different, yeah. He he wins all these Grammys for doing with Alison Krauss and then they're like, okay, that's that's good. Yeah, next they project. They haven't done a second yeah. album. They're, he's on to the next thing. So yeah. I respect that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so overall though, uh, pretty yeah. decent. There's a couple duds on there, Little Fishes <laughs> and Toady. Oh, Toady. Oh, yeah. Toady. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. But just as an overall for both of the but for this project, what do you what do you feel about it, Dave? Well, as you know, this isn't really my main wheelhouse bread and butter type style. So yeah. I was initially when you suggested the idea, I thought, eh, can we? Is there something else maybe first? Or but then then yeah. once I watched the video and, and listened to the Mark Marin interview, uh, it just changed. Like I thought, oh well, okay, Sean's a lot deeper than. I was thinking, and he thinks a lot about these musical, you know, what he does musically in a very deep way. I thought, oh, okay, I'll give it a try. And I'm very impressed. I think the playing is strong. Uh, the songs are interesting and unusual. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty impressed, and uh, I like it. So actually, the, I had a question for you kind of related to that, though. Yeah. Because uh, I know you get into this kind of music, and you're more into the into it maybe than I am, but how do you compare Sean's you know, adventures with Les Claypool with Danny Harrison? Uh, because oh, they both seem to have a little, in these projects, seem to have some similarities of dealing with contemporary issues, some of the dark sides of things, with lots of electronics and processed sounds, and I don't know, any thoughts on... Well, yeah, this the 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 most recent. You know, I saw Danny Harrison twice this summer. Yeah, you did. The two times I both both times were free. By the way, <laughs> saw G- Jeff Lynne's ELO. Thank you to uh, some listeners in uh, yeah. 
and uh, for those those I I got I won one t- a set of tickets or uh, uh, through a radio station thing, and then uh, uh, I have some friends out in the P- Pennsylvania area who bought bought tickets for me. I was very uh, grateful to be able to go out there and go to that show. Uh, people we'd gone to the first show with a couple years ago. But it, yeah, it was great that uh, Danny Harrison was there, and I could I could listen to him twice. And yeah, I think it you do have some similarities. I find that the Danny Harrison stuff is more erythral mixed with uh, rock, uh, whereas this is more psychedelic and mm-hmm. more like uh, longer. Compli- more complicated. Yeah, tune. very multi-part tunes and changes yeah. of feel and changes of whole sound. Yeah, the the subject matter here is a little. I mean, I guess they're sort of similar. Yeah, you're right. Hmm. That uh, I, I I don't know. The Danny Harrison subject matter seems to be a little bit more. Boy, I, I'd really have to think yeah, that through. Just something, but to it's think it's, about. it's yeah. a worry. Uh, it's a worthy thing for everyone, all of us to. Yeah, uh, the listeners and and us too to uh, as we're discovering it. Yeah, to think about the diff- the differences between the two of them. I like what both of them are doing. Yes, just generally in their career, which is neither of them seem to be like uh, the new number two mm-hmm. was pretty good project. I feel like, and uh, this this first Danny Harrison solo album was really good, and I I can't wait to. I think he played a new song. Yeah, on, he did. He released it right before the tour. Yeah. yeah, and that was a pretty good song. And I'm like, oh well, this and it seemed to be a slightly even different direction, like maybe, maybe a little more straightforward that tune. But mm-hmm. um, uh, and then you know these are these are I don't know how long the Claypool Linen Delirium will <laughs> will go. I don't know if it's a like oh this is the band now and we'll just do mm. this forever or if I, I, I sort of got a hint from that interview that Ghost of the Saber Tooth Tiger's not over. No, it's which not, is mm-hmm. I think is good news because I I really liked that first album. Yeah, I think I liked it more than you did. You did, I yeah. Definitely get a higher grade, and it's a little more psychedelic. But I could see him going back to that mm-hmm. with renewed energy from this that project, a project that's more t- touches his his soul. And is more serious than mm. than these albums seem to be a little more goofier and yeah. and more of a. This really does feel like an extended side project to me. Yeah, but yeah. but more than anything. Yeah, but now that we've listened to the tunes, I'm like they're they're actually better tunes than I had originally thought that maybe they were. So. Yeah, and part of it is there's just so much going on. There's so much packed into them that they're and they're very long. So there's each tune i don't think there's one that's maybe one under five minutes but they're almost yeah there's a toady band yeah. that were mercifully is only three twelve yeah. and south south of reality is you know all the claypools like i said the claypools yeah. first are, are less shorter. they're they're less lyrically complex mm-hmm. so they're shorter and it's just like you know repeating stuff so they're a little bit shorter whereas these yeah, the Sean tunes. These linens are... <laughs> go a little too crazy. That's like yeah. uh, uh, cramming you know, everything. Six twenty nine for Blood and Rocket, seven forty seven yeah. for Amethyst Realm, which yeah. will go out. will go out <laughs> with the last minute or so of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Cricket Chronicles is six twenty three. Yeah, uh, so 
I don't yeah. know. On the first album, they're probably similar. So um, yeah, but I would I would say I'm pretty impressed, and I like I like what I've heard. It gives make I like to expand my horizons, and funny to think about just the how the Beatle children who've gone into music have really gone in two different directions. You've got the really like Julian was very straight ahead with writing, you know, being a pop singer, and meanwhile his half brother is very experimental and trying all sorts of different things and yeah and danny producing a lot producing yeah he talks about that and doing film music and danny does film music so the sean and danny seem to be on the same same wavelength a lot yeah yeah so it'll be uh in something obviously we'll monitor yes as time moves forward uh on this podcast and uh you know i don't see uh expiration date to either of their careers uh, anytime no, soon so i'm i'm really looking forward to what we hear from them going forward yeah i'm also looking forward to what we hear from <laughs> us going yes, forward yes indeed got, got some good stuff and of course we're uh waiting with bated breath <laughs> by the mailbox <laughs> yes to get our uh abbey road uh set i'm sure <laughs> which they just keep dropping little dribbles drib drabs here and there uh, with the Oh Darling they just came out with a couple of days ago, yep. the remix of that and an outtake of Oh, oh yeah, Darling. the outtake was like, that was the first thing we heard other than the, you know, the something symphonic. Yeah, whatever. which is nice, but yeah, nothing but, too new. But but to hear Oh Darling uh, outtake was like, whoa, oh, here we go. This is what we got. Drop what, everything. Yep, we're waiting for this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I yeah. dropped everything, gave it a good long listen really uh, yeah. really like really like that if that's if the rest of the set's like that um yeah i'm totally in and the the remixes mm-hmm. is great so far the two tracks we've gotten so yeah. so um, we got that to look forward to and then we're going to do our part 2 of John Lennon's 1969 singles so we we did one on cold turkey and now we're going to do one on give peace a chance later right. on and then, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get my I have a white bag somewhere. Oh, good. Gonna... You're, yes, you're gonna. Chris will be recording it in a white bag, <laughs> in honor of Yoko. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Didn't I didn't do because of my cold? I didn't do any Yoko impersonation. No, just no, there. it just would hurt too much. It would. It's just. It's, I don't want to strip the vocal no. cords before. No. I know I'm gonna do that tonight watching the Steelers game. So yeah. So ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we've got that, and then we have unconfirmed reports, I think, that uh, Flaming Pie is going to be the McCartney reissue for the year, uh, which is kind of a left, uh, kind of a curveball, not not one we were expecting, I don't think. I, I'm going to love it if it is. Me too. I, I, oh, I think it's, it's great, but it's not what was everybody boy. else was saying, so... Yeah. Uh, but it'll be Which interesting. Might, it might hurt some of our fans. I know. We've been album. waiting for a certain... Waiting for a certain <laughs> album. <laughs> That's been going to celebrate its uh, 40th year here. Uh, yeah. So we but, may just go ahead and do it anyway to please everybody, because I know you're yeah. waiting for it, so... Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see, we'll see we'll how that goes. We'll talk about it. But, but yeah. that'll, that'll play itself out. Um, of course, Dave has bought his copy of Hade Grand Dude. Yes, I've, I've been... Um, s- devouring it yeah yep <laughs> there's some video out there of paul reading hey grand dude to mm-hmm. some youngsters so yep that's probably a treat of a lifetime for, oh, for some them, uh, yeah. some youngsters uh, grandparents who are mm-hmm. watching that 
<laughs> so, uh, not the youngsters. <laughs> Who's this guy? Who's this guy? Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it's going to be an exciting rest of the year, I'm pretty sure. So, And yeah. I'll be uh, reporting live from the Beatles conference, Abbey Road conference, at the end of September. Uh, in East at the Eastman School of Music in Rochester, New York. Uh, some of our fans I know have written, and listeners have have told me they're going to be there. So I look forward. If you're anywhere uh, in the vicinity and going to Rochester, please send us an email at I've Got a Beatles Podcast at Hotmail dot com, or you can send us a Facebook message or post, and we'll be happy to meet up with you. So yeah, be great. Yeah, that'll be wonderful to hear all that. So yeah. let's uh, let's uh, go out with the uh, end of Amethyst Realm from Claypool Lennon Delirium, and we'll talk to you very soon. <laughs> <laughs>